Welcome to another episode of the Decent Rowing Podcast. Today we're going to be talking about grip and feathering. Uh, this is one of the pages on our website. Uh, if you want to see these videos that we're going to be talking about today, uh, just log in and go to the grip and feathering page. So one of the things that I've always found interesting is how little people think about grip and feathering with rowing and um, and how it really gets neglected where it probably shouldn't be. So what do you say is the, the biggest things we should focus on when we're thinking about grip and feathering in rowing? Oh, the, it's, it's really critical. Mostly it's about relaxation. And the trouble with grip is that if you've got a really tight grip, then everything's tense. And so just try the... Try to have a tight grip and then relax your shoulder and you'll find it's almost impossible to do it. If you've got a really tight grip, then it's difficult to do fine motor movements. So if you want to do small movements of your fist when it's clenched really tight, you'll find that's difficult. Whereas if you relax it, you'll find it's really easy. So to make a, uh, when you're coming into a catch position or in the finish or indeed anywhere through the stroke, if you want to have fine control of the oar, then you can't really do it if you've got a tight grip. As I said a minute ago, if you've got a really tight grip, then that means that your shoulder's going to be tight. If you've got your shoulders tight, particularly at the catch, then you end up with issues of the, your whole body becomes tense and you're not, not moving in a relaxed fashion with the boat. And so grips where a lot of people come unstuck because they, they hang onto the oar, particularly when they're beginners, they hang onto the oar uh, really tightly because they're nervous about falling out. And in reality, what you want to do is to get them to relax that grip and therefore their whole body will be relaxed and you'll find you get a much better rowing stroke. So I'm sure Lachlan's had a lot of experience with grip over the years and it's probably something that wasn't talked about much in the beginning. Yeah, normally people, you'll have a tense, say you're gripping the oars quite quite uh, intensely or you're really holding on to those oars, especially at the catch. I got told a lot uh, when I was starting to row at a more competitive level that I was really... Um, grabbing with the shoulders, like really tense in the shoulders and using them too early, not hanging off the oar properly. And, I, I, and it wasn't until I started to relax my grip that I actually made some progress with this. So people, especially coaches, will often pick up the symptoms of a tight grip and tell you to, to relax, say, your shoulders or, or tap out a bit more cleanly or um, get the blade squared up and placed more quickly. Um, these are all things that uh, go wrong when you don't have a when you have a tight grip, when you're not relaxed. And so, uh, yeah, it's always important in rowing to sort of think about a couple of steps back from what you're actually seeing. So if you're seeing someone who's not been able to square up early, uh, not been able to square up and place a blade, you should be looking towards the finish and see what they're doing there. And, you know, one of the problems could be that their grip's too too tight on the, on the recovery. Um, one of the things that I'd like to hear your opinion on Ken is um, like do you have a relaxed grip throughout the whole stroke or do you is it only something that happens on the recovery um, and the placement of the blade as well as the tap out or can it happen during the drive as well everything should be relaxed through the whole rowing stroke which sounds a little bit counterintuitive because you tend to think that you've got to hang on to that or otherwise you'll it'll, it'll, you'll lose control of it the reality is that your fingers are really strong uh, and so what I suggest you do is just as a, as a, a drill to emphasise this to an athlete, easier done on an ergo than in a boat, ask them to hang on to the oar with their whole, on the ergo handle with their whole hand and then ask them to take all the fingers off except for the, the two largest fingers. 
so the pointer and the index finger, and have them grow with just those two fingers on the oar. So you mean the middle finger and the pointer finger, or the index finger? Which is the index finger? So you got your middle finger, then you got your next one okay. along. I've got the one next to my thumb and the next yeah, one. The index <laughs> and the middle finger. Okay. Yep, those two. And you'll find that you can apply just as much power on the ergo just using those two fingers. So you don't have to have your whole fist hanging onto the oar. Now, it's the other fingers add control to the oar without doubt. So when you're rowing, you want to make sure that you're not holding onto the oar really tightly. If you're in a sweet boat, the same thing applies. You want to hang onto it enough so that it's controlled, but you still want to have a relaxed grip because if you've got a tight grip, you're going to have a tight shoulder automatically because pretty much you must. And if you've got a tight shoulder, then your body's not going to be relaxed and you need to have the body relaxed. Sure, in the first part of the stroke, you have a loose grip and you've got full extension, you're hanging off your frame. That's fine. When you're going through into the last part of the stroke, uh, again, your fingers don't have to be clenching that oar because they're just hanging onto it so that you don't lose control of it. And so really you'll find that if you have a relaxed grip, you can have it through the whole rowing stroke. And if you're relaxed, the whole crew's relaxed, the, every movement's going to be smoother, it's more flowing, it'll be more rhythmic, and it'll feel better. So I think relaxed all the time is the answer. Yeah, I think it's also very... Uh intuitive to think that when you're hanging from the shoulders the hang actually starts in the in the shoulder joint um, but in reality i'd say the hang starts with the fingers um, so you're trying to take all the tension out of that arm and you're basically trying to yeah it is what it says you're trying to hang off the handle and so i think start with the way you're hanging off the handle with your fingers and your hands making sure that there's not too much tension there you're just doing enough to be able to hold on to that or you're not trying to do any more and then if you relax that whole arm that will translate up into your shoulder and you'll have a lot better chance of not grabbing with with the the, the shoulders at the catch because essentially what happens is um, people who grab with their shoulders are first grabbing with their hands then their forearms and then their shoulders and it just looks like they're just grabbing with their shoulders but it's very hard to grab with your shoulders if you're just hanging with the rest of your ha- rest of your arm absolutely and a side issue that comes out of that is that you always want to make sure that if you can allow bones and tendons to take the load rather than muscles then you're going to be able to do it for a lot longer you try hanging from a chin-up bar with your arms bent uh, you tire fairly quickly whereas if you've got your arms straight then it takes quite a long time to to tire that way by comparison and you can hang from a chin-up bar with a relaxed grip because your fingers are so strong. Yeah, and so it's relatively relaxed. Like you're not slipping off the bar, no. but it is relatively relaxed compared to what you could be doing, which is just gripping the hell out of the bar. Yeah. And and as I said earlier, one of the critical problems is that when beginners start to learn how to row, they're sitting in a, if they're in a sculling boat, for example, which is often where people start, they're sitting at the catch and it's an uncomfortable position and they really want to get out of there and they're afraid they're going to fall in so they first thing they do is tense up and hang on to that oil like they're trying to squeeze it and that's actually the wrong thing to do in order to be able to uh, feel safe at the catch get to the catch put the blade in the water relax grip and it should be pretty stable so the first thing to do is to teach them how to grip because this relaxation is critical to boat performance yeah, and with, with beginners, when Ken says it's pretty stable when you place the blades in the water, he's not talking about single. Um, maybe if you're an advanced uh, sculler, then it will be pretty stable when you place the blades at the catch in a single. But if you're in a quad or beginners are often in quads or, or bigger boats, uh, it's 
it is quite stable. And once they've got the basics of the mov- movement right, um, yeah, that sort of primitive fear at the catch where they grip the oar really tightly is going to hold them back and, as as Ken said, make it worse for them, not better. So there's, there's a sort of, yeah, a switchover point between, teen, between a beginner and an intermediate where they will actually get a lot more out of their rowing stroke when they relax their grip. Oh, relaxation, absolutely critical. And if we look at relaxation in relation to feathering as well, if you've got a really tight grip, it's hard to feather correctly. And one of the things that I've found with feathering is that if people feather with their wrist rather than with their fingers, then you'll find that that once they've got that habit of feathering with their wrist, it's so hard to get rid of. Uh, I've tried with a number of athletes over the years to to get them to feather in their fingers rather than with their wrist, and I find that it's it's virtually impossible to change once they've been doing it for a few years. And so the most important thing I think to learn at the beginning of rowing is actually how to feather with a relaxed grip, because if you try to feather with your wrists, that has a tendency to make you a tense grip. And uh, if you get that feathering right at the beginning, then you'll find that it's likely to stay the correct way of feathering for a long time. Yeah, and you, you, it's also a lot better for your, for your wrists not having to drop them. So if you're someone who has a habit of dropping their wrists all the time, it increases your chance of injury. What you really want to be doing is tapping down then rolling out with the fingers. It's a lot more sustainable movement. And, uh, you know, I've, I've heard a few people say, well, you know, such and such, you know, Olympic rower rows, you know, with dropped wrists at the finish. Uh, some sweep rowers have, have won gold medals dropping both wrists uh, at the finish. And let me just say that they do this in, they win in spite of these technical things. It's not, they're not making them any faster. Um, and in reality, it's a pain that their coaches have tried to deal with. And because it's become so ingrained, they've decided that they can't actually fix these problems, um, you know, for these athletes. And so really, if you're still in the formative stages of your rowing or, uh, you know, willing to make changes and good at making changes, you should definitely have a look at, you know, the right way and the wrong way to feather. Um, you can pick up a little bit of benefits um, around the finish, especially. Absolutely. Well, if you if you drop your wrist at the finish, it tends to mean that your body tends to slump as well. Uh, it means it's harder to tap out uh, and it's not good for your wrists. And so there's, there's a, a range of reasons why we want to be able to feather correctly and you can't feather correctly unless you've got a relaxed grip, but once you've got a relaxed grip, then the first thing you should do is learn how to feather. My experience in teaching under 13 athletes is that who are just starting out rowing and haven't rowed before at all, the first thing I'd like to focus on for the first four or five sessions is actually rowing with their feathering in their fingers. So uh, there's no dropping of the wrist and just feathering in their fingers. I find it's easier too to teach them to hold the oar in their fingertips first and then square it up and have a square fist, but we've got uh, videos on the website that talk about the actual drill to get them to do this right from the start. Once you've got that right, then you want to make sure that they are comfortable with the relaxation. So uh, forcing them to row in an unstable boat is likely to add to um, tension in their grip. And so... and. You don't need to be in a hurry to have the blades off the water. You can row with a lazy feather technique, for example, where the blades are sitting on the water uh, all the way through the stroke or on the recovery, uh, and then the blades aren't off the water. If you're out in quads, 
eights, doubles, I'd suggest try and always have a stable boat if you can. Um, and if that means that some athletes sit out for part of the session, then I think that's fine because that, and everyone focuses on a relaxed grip and on feathering correctly, then you'll get uh, really good outcomes when you're teaching beginners. Yeah, so, so one of the problems with beginner rowing is you get them to row square blades often to start with, and that's the simplest way. They get the idea of the movement. Um, but then when you take them to feathering, uh, they basically will... They've learned to hold on to the oar a certain way every single stroke, and they're used to doing that. When they go to feather, they'll just feather, turn the oar by dropping their wrists, and they'll keep their grip the same. And so the lazy feather uh, drill is a really good way of sort of bridging this gap, especially for for beginner crews or crews that aren't you know very good at rowing together. Yeah, you obviously want to have flat water because you're going to be dragging the, the, the feathered oars along the top of the water. And so when you get to the finish, instead of tapping down and out, you sort of just use the use the hands to, to start the feathering process. And then because of the way the gate's shaped and the way the oar locks into the gate, the blades will actually feather and lay flat on the water uh, with very little input from the rower. So... So and that and that's a very good lesson to learn that you don't actually need to have a lot of input to feather the blade. You don't need to have big movements like dropping the wrist. You you really just have to do a small amount, a small tap out, and a small movement with the hands just to get it started, and then the boat does the rest. And so it's a really good way of sort of bridging that gap between square blade rowing and feathered rowing um, without having that 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 characteristic wrist drop that can be so hard to get rid of. Uh, later on in the rowing. Absolutely. And you'll find that you get a very stable boat and the most important aspect or one of the most important aspects coming out of having a stable boat with the oars on flat on the water on the recovery is that the athletes in the boat that are learning feel safe. And so they're less likely to be stressed, less likely to be tense, less likely to have a tense grip. Whereas if the boat's rocking around from side to side because they're trying to keep their oars off the water, you'll find that they automatically end up being tense because they're uncomfortable and nervous about falling in, those sorts of issues. So I'd suggest if you can teach athletes in the early stages when they're learning to row how to get the feather right, then it's one of the most critical steps because if they've got a relaxed grip and feathering correctly, then you'll find that you're going to get once they've got that habit, then they're likely to keep it. And so they'll get better catches, better performance. And you'll be surprised, in fact, with beginner rowers, how little having the oars sitting on the water slows them down. It really doesn't make that much difference at that level. Yeah. I think um, one of my favourite exercises to uh, to fix the problem of a tight grip um, is basically when you when you tap out, you want to you make sure your hands are nice and relax and loose but the, the tap out's all very uh, convoluted it's quite hard to actually in that moment get the athlete to think about having a a, um, a relaxed grip so the the best part for them to work on their grip relaxation to start with i found is on the recovery so just after you've tapped down so either you've feathered or you haven't and the hands are moving away all the way before the square up or the catch just get them to Hold on to the if it's in a sculling boat, uh, you can do this in a sweep boat too. Um, just hold on to the oars with the the top of putting the pressure down across the um, the base of their fingers to to take the weight of the handles, and then move your fingers like you're playing the piano, I guess. So sort of wiggling your fingers. So while you're coming down that recovery, and that will take all the 
all the grip away from those oars. All you're really doing is just keeping them nicely balanced. You've got your thumbs on there for control to, to lock onto it, and in the sweep boat, you've got your thumbs underneath to lock onto it. And you're really just relaxing those muscles coming into the catch. Obviously, you put them back on. Um, you don't want to be thinking about putting them back on tightly, just enough. And then that that's often enough, if you do that every stroke, to reset the, the set point that the rower has with their grip and they can take that sort of relaxation into the drive phase and hopefully into the finish as well. So, again, if you've got an athlete that's showing all those signs of a tight grip, say they've got uh, grabbing with the shoulders at the catch, they're dropping their wrists at the finish, they're struggling to get um, precise placement of the blade at the the catch and precise tap out at the finish, they've probably got a grip that's too tight. So, yeah, again, what I recommend is on the... On the recovery, uh, just you know, pretend you're playing the piano, um, wiggle your fingers around, and I think that's a really useful thing to do. Even even I use that, you know, yeah. from time to time if I want to just sort of reset and relax because um, you know tension sort of builds up over a session. Um, like the start of the session isn't usually as tense at the end of the session when you're a bit tired and you start to grip the oars a bit more. So the other thing, when they're hanging on to the oar and they're coming into the catch, if you think about sculling is in particular, you, you want to have a, a gap, if you like, behind the oar and and your wrist. So if you've got a grip there, then you want to make sure that, that you're not holding it tight so that the oar fills all of your area between your thumb and your, and your main front first finger. You want to make sure that you've got it loose so that you actually there's a gap there next to the oar, behind the oar, uh, so that, that shows that you're not hanging on to it tightly. So if you watch the athletes rowing and watch what their hands are doing in relation to the oar at the catch, then you can actually see if they're hanging on to it too tight as well. Another thing to watch for is white knuckles. It's quite common to have people with white knuckles, which means that they're essentially, in most cases, hanging on to the oar really tightly. So they just watch for those sort of symptoms to, to see when the, the grip's just too tight. If you're talking about a sweep boat, in a sweep boat, the feathering is done by the inside arm, inside hand, and uh, not by the outside one. And so the, often you'll find the first thing that rowers do when they start to row in a sweep boat is they start to try to feather with both hands. The concept is to use the inside hand to feather the oar, and again, if you can, and you've got oar handles that are the right size, then you want them to feather with their, you know, with their fingers. Now, it's a little bit difficult if the oar's rather large, but it's still something to try. If the oar's too large, then it's difficult to do. Uh, not impossible, but it's difficult. Uh, and if you can get a better-sized oar, then that would be a good thing to do if it's possible. But the critical thing is to make sure that the inside oar is the one doing the feathering, inside hand is the one doing the feathering, and the outside hand is one that's largely controlling the height of the oar uh, as you come down the recovery and into the catch. But again, same issues apply. If you've got a really tight grip, it's difficult to be precise about the placement. It's difficult to hang without using your shoulders and your arms. And so a relaxed grip is just as important in a sweep boat. Yeah, and, and following on from that, with the oars and feathering, it is quite difficult when you're rowing along to get the feathering process right because you're, you're dealing with, you know, oars that are relatively heavy. You're probably trying to think about, you know, a hundred other different things with your rowing technique at the same time. Grip's one of those things that often just sort of gets neglected. Um, but a good way of practicing your grip is to either get an oar handle, like it's, uh, you know, you can get sometimes like a croaker oar handle will come away from its oar. Um, you can use just the oar handles in each hand 
um, to practice the feathering. And it, to take it one step further, I think it's a good advice to get. I've got myself a set of croaker grips, um, you know, just a set of replacement grips for my oars. They were they were blue blue grips, but you get whatever whichever one fits your handle size. Um, bearing in mind that it will probably stretch a bit when it goes onto the oar. So if you're normally um, normally a yellow, maybe a, a blue sized grip would be would be better. Um, just because yeah, when the oar handle is actually in it, it'll expand. And then just practice the feathering mo- movement. Obviously, this only applies to um, to sculling, but yeah, practice rolling the tapping down. You know, you just sit on the couch or sit on a chair, have the grips in your hands, thumbs on the end, just like you would as if you're in the boat. Practice tapping down and rolling out with the hand, and just practicing that movement is really useful to separate out from the whole, you know, the entirety of the rowing stroke, which is very complex and lots of other things going on that will distract you and you know not be able to. Yeah, sort of hold you back from making these feathering changes, whereas you can just practice it, you know, hundreds of times just sitting on the couch watching TV. And um, this is, yeah, I didn't think I'd be able to change my 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 drop wrists at the finish, but this was really useful for me to be able to do it, especially, you know, you don't expect to do it after, you know, 10 years of rowing, but but I was able to make significant improvement with my my, my feathering just by doing this this exercise and concentrating on it. Absolutely. One of the good things about using a grip too is if it doesn't have anything solid inside it, as a normal grip doesn't before you put it on an oar, then if you squeeze it too tightly, then it's going to flatten. And so it's you've got to hang on to it the right way with a relaxed grip, otherwise you'll, you'll squash it. And so that reinforces as well. One thing to be mindful of though, and I've experimented with this same technique uh, of using grips to practice uh, with a few different types of grips, some grips are, are really very soft and very uh, flexible. The croaker grips happen to have a little bit of structure to them, which makes them ideal for the purpose. But I've also tried to do it with other models of grips from other suppliers. And if it's a really thin grip, then you'll find that sometimes it almost doesn't have enough structure for you to actually be able to hang on to it effectively. So be, be mindful. And if you can't find a grip that's got enough structure to hang on to it then the simple answer is to go to the hardware store and get a piece of uh, it's clear plastic pipe and i'm sure it's available worldwide it's a clear plastic pipe that's got an internal diameter of about 25 millimeters and so outside it's about the same as a yellow croaker or and just cut a small piece of that about uh, 100 millimeters long and just use that as a grip and so if you find it's, it's difficult to get a, get a proper grip to use, and I'd suggest get that, I'd resist the temptation to use a piece of wood, even if it's the right diameter, the reason being that after a while it gets quite slippery, and a slippery piece of, piece of wood is not really the same as an oar, and you have to hang on to it a little bit tight just to keep your grip. So you want to have something that's got a little bit of stickiness, for lack of a better word, to it, and... A proper grip is ideal. Uh, a piece of plastic pipe that's got a bit of a sort of sticky feel to it is is almost as good. So I'd suggest get something like that and practice with it. Give it to your athletes to practice with it. And as Lachlan says, just just when you're sitting at home not doing anything in particular, then you can sit there and just practice that feathering motion. Make sure you have your thumb in contact with the with the end of the grip because that's that's important. You can't you don't want to feather just in the fingers. You want to have your thumb involved in that process as well. And if you find it difficult to keep the thumb there, then just make it a challenge and say, I've got the grip in my fist and I want to roll it out in my fingers, um, keeping my thumb on the end of the oar. And you'll soon work out how to do it. 
Yeah, using the, using the thumb to add control really takes the onus away from the fingers. That really the their main um, strength is group, gripping and like grip strength. Um, you know, applying pressure to the oar handle, but the thumb gives you that control, so you can hold on to the oar, control it well without actually gripping the blade too hard and having that translate into tense arms and tense shoulders and things like that. Absolutely. And in a a sweep concept, you can do exactly the same thing. If you have an athlete that's uh, having difficulty or you're an athlete that has difficulty in in controlling the sweep or correctly, then uh, I'd suggest take the... Some oars you can't do this with, croakers you can, concepts it's, it's not possible, but if you can take the oar stub, the handle stub out of the oar, and uh, I have one athlete where you should sit at home on the couch with an oar, just practicing the movement of pulling the oar into a, into a chest and how to tap it out and how to feather it and just sit on the sofa and do it with an oar stub. If you don't have an oar stub, then I'd suggest probably get a, a piece of wood is going to be the easiest thing here that's the right diameter, but I suggest rough it up a bit with some sandpaper so that it's got a, a little bit of a, of a grippy feel to it and just, as I say, sit on the sofa and just or in a chair and just practice drawing the oar in towards you, tapping it down using the right, the correct hand, the outside hand, and feathering it out and putting your arms away. And you'll be able to make dramatic improvements really quickly. So, so grip just an absolutely vital part of being able to be relaxed if you have a tight grip you're not going to be relaxed if you're not relaxed the boat's not going to go as well as it should so if you want to uh, check out any of these videos uh, that we've been talking about today uh, especially useful for this this topic I'd, I'd say just because it is such a visual thing and the way you put your thumb on the end of the oar uh, it really does need to be demonstrated as opposed to talked about um, if you want to see these videos just head to our, our website uh, once you log in it's under grip and feathering videos and if you're a member you can just log in and if you're not you can um, sign up for a free membership we have a one week free trial our members get access to over 850 rowing videos we also have powerful training building tools uh, as well as customizable training programs and ones you can download We've got a comprehensive indoor and on-water rowing courses that are perfect for beginners and parents. Uh, If you have any suggestions for videos, please get in contact. We've got a Contact Us page on our website. If you're thinking about signing up for a paid membership, please do. Uh, We really appreciate it and it allows us to keep doing what we're doing. So until next time, happy rowing.